The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey. I am with Sondra Bernstein. We are still at the amazing winter food show here in San Francisco at the Moscone Center. How are you doing, Sandra? Good. I think by the time we meet everybody, we'll have been here for five weeks straight through, (laughs) (laughs) which should be really fun. But um, yeah, I'm in foodie heaven. I got a chance to walk the show um, for a couple hours and love getting to reconnect with old friends like our next guest, uh, Jerry James Stone. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Sandra. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, I, any amount (laughs) of time, (laughs) any amount of time I can spend with you is time well spent. Spent. <laughs> Aww. Aww. I'm getting lots of warm feelings. <laughs> um, Jerry and I met. I was trying to think about where it was, and I think it has to be when we did that uh, thing with Klein. Yes, yes. And I was going to say Tinder just to be a smartass, but like, <laughs> yes, it was. Nobody would believe that I'm on Tinder. <laughs> um, yeah, it was the thing with Klein. Um, I was just entering into being a food blogger. I was working for Discovery Channel, and uh, I had partnered with Klein to do a recipe on the back of the bottle, as you had. Right. Uh, you had, I believe, the Remember lob- ancient vines no, were No, I, I remember. I'm yeah. remembering yeah. this right. About six vintages of recipes. Yeah, and I think you had the and lobster Shireen mac. And Shireen is back. She is. I know. Yes. She, we've been trying to connect. Um, yeah. Wait a minute. You did Lobster Mac. What wine was it on? Do you remember? They, they, all of them were on the was Moved. It, it was all on the Moved. It was yeah. all on the Moved. And mine was, uh, I did a mushroom risotto and that was on the Pinot Noir. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I forget. I didn't even save them all. But it was, it was. I thought it was a very innovative um, idea on their part. I think so too. I yeah. think that, you know, I mean, obviously the connection between food and wine is unmatched. And I think that when you buy something, buy a bottle of wine and having something there that says, hey, eat this, right. like is a perfect way Ex- to go. Exactly. Exactly. And then, so it was with Zipcar. It was, I think, with oh, the that's Fairmont. Right. That's right. We did. We partnered with Zipcar. Yes. We partnered and then, the Fairmont. Somebody yeah. got to win a visit and they could stay there. And I mean, that person months later, they, got a they lot came, of stuff. they got a lot of stuff. <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And then we connect whenever, you know, you're in town or, you know, if we get you in Sonoma Valley, we get to see you. Which I'm overdue for. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think we have a lot of food on our menu right now that would appeal to you. So your diet Yes. Is vegetarian. Vegetarian. Uh, so I do a lot of vegetarian and vegan uh, cuisine. Um, I've been vegetarian since, uh, I don't know, before Christ, like 1987. <laughs> um, and when there wasn't a lot of vegetarian stuff. And I started my blog mostly because when food blogging was sort of coming about, the vegetarian food was just really ugly online. I mean, everything was just horrible. It was really granola. It was really sort of mission-based. And you know this because right. you grow veggies and you're in food. That right. The vegetables are like the pretty part, right? It's right, like exactly. that's where all the color is. Yeah, so, it's like a lot of canned. Like the green that you get out yeah. of most canned green vegetables is not like the real green. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted, I wanted to showcase that. I wanted to show mm-hmm. that, you know, and I don't even really like wave the vegetarian pride flag a lot. I mean, I really kind of just keep no, it. No, you're actually really good about it. Like, I know that that's what you are, but you don't make a big deal when yeah. you're in a restaurant. Because good food is good food, you exactly. know? And you know this because you create things that are tasty and vegetarian too, that people just like to eat good things. And I right. think that's the mission, you know, get them 
to have and enjoy plant-based items without like beating them over the head with it. You know? mm-hmm. So what is your blog called? It's just my name. So jerryjamesstone.com. Okay. Um, it, back in the day, it was called Cooking Stone. Which That's how I know it, <laughs> yes, right? It's from yes, Cooking Stone. Cooking yeah. Stone. Which, so I was at Discovery Channel, and I had started a, a YouTube channel because a friend of mine was pestering me to do video. And I just kind of did it as a, like, I don't really think this is going to be a thing. And I <laughs> planned on being on Discovery Channel and just sticking there. And it just kind of took off, you know? And then I started coming to shows like this, the Winter Fancy Food Show, and explaining to everyone that there was not pot in my food. <laughs> but and now you could do that. Now you I can, can, yeah. And it would be legal. Right. We forgot to ask about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> you know, but it's like that was every conversation. It was like, uh-huh. you know, are you a stoner? Like, right. well, how much weed is this? Like, no, that's not what I'm trying to do. It's just applying my last name. And so a few years but back. But it was a very cute catchy yeah, yeah you know i still own the domain so i still might do something oh, with it yeah. someday now that it is more right, appropriate right. timing but mm-hmm. um or you could sell it for probably a lot that, of money <laughs> that's soon. probably true <laughs> i just think it's ironic the irony of like you know it having to explain that it wasn't that and now that it's everywhere <laughs> it right? would be like no big deal yeah <laughs> yeah that's so funny but it really i mean it did take off and um your videos and they have evolved yes yeah. Which is really cool to watch. Well, and I love video content, you know, and I think that, like, I love video content. I love live stream content. I think the the more ways that we can connect with people who want to cook and want to enjoy food and create those communities. To me, food is absolutely community on every level. And I think that video is just a wonderful way to do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. The, the, uh, I've got a question for you. I'm looking at your vendor tag, and it's the Sacramento, California. Yes. Are, I thought you were living in New York. Is oh, no. A, <laughs> no, he pops all over. No, I, so I actually, I lived in San Francisco for about 10 years, and I just moved back to Sacramento about three years ago. That's where I grew up. Um, oh. Yeah, so I moved back there. My, my family's all very much up in age, and I wanted to kind of be closer to help out and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. You know, as a food blogger and a video creator, you can be anywhere. So, you really can, right? Yeah, yeah, and I'm close enough to the Bay Area to still get my fix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right. Well, and in Sacramento, I think more and more good stuff is is coming out. Um, Definitely, it's taken a little while, but it's um, you have some great restaurants there. Definitely, we have great food there, and I think you understand this being uh, sort of up in Sonoma, where you are. That like Sonoma area and also the Sacramento areas where kind of like everything's grown for San right. Francisco, you know? And so right. it's like, we provide your food, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, finally, I think Sacramento's kind of caught on that like, hey, we're providing all this food for like these really like, you know, world-class restaurants. Let's maybe try to do it ourselves. And exactly. they're starting to, you exactly. know, which is nice. It's, yeah. it's, it's exciting. And it's also, I mean, for chefs, it's less expensive yeah. to have a startup or, yeah. you know, to get going. And there's a charm to it. I mean, like I was a little nervous moving back because, you know, going back home is going back home on so many levels <laughs> right right it's like um but it's grown up a lot and there's a charm to it and I think that you know there's um I like the fact that you don't have to wait two hours in line for a piece of toast you know like I like that kind of right. part compared to like right. the bay area you know um there's a bubble here which uh can be great for you know the innovative part of it but there's right. also the annoying part of it right. too because you're like day to day life yeah exactly you're like this is not that exciting you know like right. why do I have to wait three hours to get into a restaurant you know right um, so I, it definitely has a long way to go but um, I'm excited to see where that's going to be 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was in Lodi last week and doing a podcast about wine and um, we were with Tegan Pasolacqua from Turley and Sandlance and, and it was the sort of the same thing as Sacramento. We were in West Sac, I think a couple of weeks before that. There's so much going on there. And it's yeah. the, the thing is, it's people that are growing, but they're not necessarily uh, making things. They're sending it all to us. So you have winemakers from Napa and Sonoma that are right. sourcing from there. And the people in Lodi aren't, I mean, they're just selling grapes. Um, so they're not really getting the recognition, but that's starting to change yeah. as people are starting to branch out a little bit. And you'll see in the Delta area a lot more going right. on than, uh, than used to. Um, yeah. And I, t- I agree with you. And I think that's really that community aspect that people are really starting to get into. And I think Napa and Sonoma have really captured that in a way that, um, no other place really has. I mean, I think the Bay area benefits from it as far as For San sure. Francisco, but you know, Napa and some have really shown like, Hey, like we can grow this stuff. We can innovate. We can create these world-class places. We can be the full ecosystem. And now other places like Lodi and Sac are like, Oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. you can. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. And people don't know that. I mean, uh, if you ask the common person, uh, you know, do you drink wine from California? How much uh, of the wine coming out of California do you think is comes from Napa? I mean, they would say like 50% or (laughs) 70. It's it's 3%. It is? Sonoma. It's only oh 3%, gosh. but they get 90% of the accolades. And then Sonoma is only 4 to 6%. Wow. So you're looking at Lodi, Central Valley, Central Coast. I mean, this is where everything comes from. You know, when we drive down to Paso Robles, um, you know, for the Rhone events down there, you're driving through where all of your, a lot of your food all comes from. All of our from. spinach. Um, but it's just miles yeah, and miles, miles of strawberries and spinach yeah, and everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you doing here today? What's going on? What uh, are you just walking around and kind of checking out what's cool? And or are you doing uh, you doing any work? Or you um, yeah, so I, I work with the SFA um, for each show to capture video for them. Okay. So uh, a big part of you know their interest is having someone on the ground floor with you know a different perspective who can kind of like distill all of the information and food and everything that's out there and kind of bring that onto social media. So I'm out there capturing videos for that and you know like eating 5,000 worth of calories at every aisle. <laughs> <laughs> but then you own that content or are you handing that over to them and letting them use it for other purposes? Um, I primarily own it, but they do, I mean, I guess it's co-ownership. So I put it out on my social channels, but they also okay. put it on theirs and they, they'll use things too, to, as they need. Like, okay. Cause sometimes they'll cut commercials for stuff and that kind of thing. So depending, but it's sort of a co-ownership. Right. And what's, what do you think is some, some of the coolest, more interesting things that you've seen this year? Well, I think one of the fun things, like like we were just talking about, we're seeing uh, cannabis, you know, enter. Is there is there cannabis any? I have, I didn't products see any here? yesterday. So, a little bit, so it's kind of still tricky here. Like I th- believe I saw a, a CBD drink, um, okay. and unless I was maybe high, I don't know. But like, <laughs> I, I believe I saw that. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely. Um, I think it's still kind of tricky with the association as to what you can and mm-hmm. can't do as an exhibitor. I think mm-hmm. um, and this could be wrong, so don't quote me, <laughs> but I do believe like, you are going to be heard by like 10 million people. Okay. Well, 10 million people don't quote them. Don't quote me 10 million people, please. Um, but I believe like if you are a like cannabis specific company, like it's still hard to exhibit, but I believe if you have something in your product line, but you make other things like you can oh, maybe that be, makes on, sense be on right the showroom now. floor. So I think that that okay. experimentation is there, but there's still a long way to go, obviously with all the federal right. hurdles. Right. Um, but ever growing. I mean, Constellation Brands, I think is 
basically growing marijuana yeah. in Canada. I think, I mean, they're, yeah. they're looking at putting it into drinks and maybe even wine, um, I think is an option that they're looking into as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be everywhere. I think in a few years, it's really um, fascinating. And I think that, you know, one of the other things that I'm always really interested in and just seeing what people are doing is just sort of the, um, upcycle of other ingredients, you know, how they reuse things, um, whether it's taking, uh, the grains from beer making and turning that into cookies or breads, mm. or mm. if it's, uh, taking ugly produce that is not consumed and maybe juicing that cause it's a lower point juice for people to consume. Um, I think that there's just, you know, a lot of really great, I, I mean, I, I started out at Discovery as an environmental blogger. So I'm always sort of looking at that angle. I'm looking for people who are being, you know, you still want it to be tasty, you know, right. but uh, being innovative in a way that really kind of considers the full cycle because that's a big part of food. It's a big part of farming. You know, there is that full cycle. And I think like, you know, getting consumers to understand that is really important too. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that would be really hard. I mean, because it's basically like a secondary product. Yeah. And what would make you like, what kind of personality do you need to have or, you know, conscious ability to say, I'm going to reach for the cookie that uses secondary products, right? That's a tough marketing situation. It, it is. And I think, I think the approach to it is kind of like when we were talking about, like with my blog, it's not, I don't hit people for the head with the vegetarian thing. It's like, you don't have to be extremely mission driven or as far as you don't have to like make that your main message, just make something really freaking tasty right. yeah. and people and won't care. And then it'll happen. It'll happen. Yes. And then you'll get people Build to Build it and care. they will come. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's the second adage I've had today <laughs> on the show. <laughs> but I'll do that even at Oliver's. I mean, I'll look at some of that. What do they call it? Gleaned fruit? Is that the name? Yes, is that the term yes, for it? Yes, when you steal fruit? your neighbor's lemons. No, I mean when it's when it's slightly <laughs> bruised or it has a little... Um, oh, ugly fruit. Oh, they, they, yeah. Ugly yeah. fruit. But no, when you're gleaning, aren't you... Borrowing I don't know. I don't know why I think that term that term has to do with something with uh, produce that sort of doesn't Google. look perfect. Another right. thing to not quote us on. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the list is growing. Um, so, actually, I for I ran into some of the buyers from Oliver's yesterday, mm -hmm. and I gave them a card, and I'm like, "Yeah, my co-host keeps like hitting you up on our podcast. She just loves your market." Well, I I. I'm pretty much there every day. It's probably four to five <laughs> days a week. And, and my wife says this. She says, you don't shop for the week. You shop for the day. And so it's the, very that's European. where I want to yeah. go. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's very Parisian of me. Right. Well, they're getting really good mileage from you, uh, which and, I thought was awesome. And you know what? You always just bring one bag in there, and, and you end up having to buy two more bags. And they always say the same thing. Did you find everything you were looking for? Yes, and more. And more. And, and more. way more. <laughs> so, you know, I think going back to being a vegetarian yeah. and, you know, sharing that information with people. I mean, people certainly become a vegetarian for so many different reasons, whether it's health, whether it's politics, whether it's right. socio, um, whatever, what was your reason? You know, uh, it started out with, um, I grew up, my mom, so I learned to cook for my mom. My mom's oh. full Armenian ah. and, uh, my dad who uh, he passed in 95 but he was um as uh middle america as one could possibly be and so our dinners were always like this random like you know like like a steak and then just like random armenian food and um <laughs> it was great and you know and i i kind of i learned to cook from her and it's just in high school as i kind of got 
more socially aware. I was and you know, aware of like how things work versus like, you know, just things coming to me cause I'm a kid. Um, I was like, Oh, like I'm eating meat, but like, what is that? What does that mean? You know? And, um, and my parents let me have like every animal on the planet that I could possibly get. So I had like, you know, cats as a pet, as yeah. a pet. Okay. Yes. Not, not as a not, food. Not food. <laughs> you didn't eat cat meat. <laughs> no, no, no. So I had like, you know, Pita, stay away. Yeah. <laughs> I had cats, dogs, turtles, birds, rabbits, like everything. And I was like, I don't want to eat these things. I'm not, you know, so I kind of stopped eating meat in response to just like having this connection to animals. Um, and then, you know, over time that sort of evolved, it kind of evolved into animal rights and like, and then the sustainable aspect of like, you know, how much water and energy goes into making a burger versus making a carrot, you know, right. and, um, what that footprint is of food and what that means as a society and a community and, um, and what was important to me. And so it just, it's kind of evolved from just being like, Oh, I like cute bunnies and I don't mm -hmm. want to eat the bunny right. to like, Oh, Hey, you know, there's a serious issue that we need to address as a population of, you know, 7 billion or whatever we are on the planet. And, we're you know, resources. we're running out of food and we have, you know, excess in some places and food deserts in other areas and what that means and what my contribution to that was going to be. And yeah. so it's kind of evolved over time. And that's why I, I really try to not hit that too hard with people because I want them to think like, Hey, here's something that I just enjoy. And then, right. you know, maybe if they keep enjoying it, we can start having a conversation about what that means versus, right. you know, starting from that point where they're, you know, they're right. like, oh my God, don't take away my bacon. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't, like, so it's like, I, you know, like, enjoy your bacon. And I'm not against yeah. meat eating to be right. by any means. I just think there's, there's a, a an imbalance of consumption, especially right. in our country when it comes to it, um, how much we consume it and how frequently and how we produce it, you know. Um, from animal welfare to just like what that means to our environment, you know, um, from waste to toxicity and other things. So, yeah. so I'm imagining your perfect world. We would have the animals would just be running crazy, <laughs> running wild because no one's killing them. So they'd just be super comfortable around people, right? Yeah, they'd yeah. just be walking right up to your house. Like. And then everyone would just have gardens in their backyard. And then in the wintertime, we would be sourcing from places that were warmer than where we lived ourselves. Yeah, you know, it'd be like Snow White or something, right? You know, just like talking to them and everything, seeing along. <laughs> um, you know, and, and like I'm not, like I said, I'm not against uh, people eating meat. I think like, it's not for me, but I think there's a way to do it that is responsible. And um, I think we've gotten away from that as a yeah. as a nation. You yeah. know, like we, we're starting to kind of get back to it. We're starting to have a connection to our food again. We're starting to see right. that, you know, people are, well, there's more lobbyists now working on it and yeah. more marketing dollars. And certainly with the farm bill coming out and specialty food money going to places, right. um, I think that'll keep increasing. Well, and you know, like in the fifties, we, we saw that sort of push towards preservation, right? So like canned, everything was a thing. And I think like we just disconnected, you know, like right. as communities, like, you know, we've changed in many ways. We went from like men mostly being the working people to women to start working, people being busier, you know, people not earning as much money these days. So like <laughs> right. everyone has to work a lot, you know, and that makes it hard, you know, but I think that people are starting to care about what's in their food, who made their food, where it came Definitely. from. And um, I'm hoping that that relationship keeps growing because I think it just benefits everyone. So I have a fascinating thing about this. Okay. Now, do you believe that a carrot, like if you eat a carrot, 
you're eating a living thing. Correct. Well, and there's, there's other aspects of that too. Like there's, you know, I've had this conversation about, uh, being vegan and it's like, you know, cause I think with veganism and I get in trouble with this, but, um, I think with <laughs> veganism, controversy. yeah, with veganism, you know, it, it really is sort of a black and white, uh, thing for those people that are, it's a religion for those people in a way that's different than other dietary restrictions. Right. And I respect that, but you can't really eat vegan if you think about the farming process and what is used in the soil to grow that carrot. So like if you are upset that honey comes from bees, then you should see where your turnips come from, like, and like what's involved, you know? And I think like having that information and understanding what that means is important, you know? Ignorance is bliss. It is. Number three. (laughs) <laughs> i'm just fire. so i'm quotable <laughs> um but like but i always like think like you know not just like what you put in the soil and the compost and you know worms that you know decompose in your soil right. but i think about like if it's growing if it's it may not breathe or it may not be like right. the f- heart pumping right blood rushing organism yeah but i do believe that our trees and totally i mean they're alive they're totally alive so somewhere we're going to eat things that are alive and yeah well and i think that you know there's (laughs) you'll hear a lot of times people will say like oh i don't eat anything with the face you know that kind of stuff you hear these sort of right bite size you know what if you're an alien How do you know what a face really is? <laughs> Am I going down we're, the rabbit we're getting hole? Like, yeah, <laughs> really heady. But, but I think I'm it, on cooking stone right, right now. Exactly. <laughs> Sandra has had some of the edibles that are here available yeah, at the I Winter Fancy. Got her hands on some of those <laughs> But I, I think you're. I mean, you're right. It's like you can't, and that's why I'm not really against yeah. even people eating meat. I think that it's not. It's not about like eating things that are alive. That's. It's about the relationship that you have with what you're eating. Right. And the consumption of certain things and what that means. Like, it's not like, you know, okay, yeah, obviously if I'm eating carrots or I'm eating the fruit from a tree, like that tree is still alive. There's, you know, there's some sort of entity there, but what does that mean compared to like having chicken or, you know, the water impact of almonds and, you know, that sort of thing. And so I think that it's a full, like, it's about adulting really, right? right? It's about like sort of being real with like what you consume and what Mm -hmm. that means. What's your guilty pleasure? Meat, <laughs> right? <laughs> My closeted meat eater. Um, no, I've actually never seen you eat meat. <laughs> I hide in the closet. I'm crying and eating bacon. That's the that's what's going on. That's um, what I do. That's, that's what I do. Well, I do the Holly Hunter version and broadcast news, but I'm in a hotel room crying. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, you know, I would say. Cheese is probably like my weakness. Oh. Like, um, cheese and eggs are the thing that make me unable to be completely vegan. Um, so I really try to make sure, like, when I do consume those, I'm smart about it as smart as I possibly can. Uh, but yeah, I'm a total slut for cheese. I'll admit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to be. Right? I mean, uh, oh. Like, and wait till you see how much cheese is in that room. So I, much. I get enough cheese on a daily basis. I, That's yeah, true. You do. Yeah. I, I yeah. OD on cheese personally. I work <laughs> at a restaurant that has a cheese cart that goes table to table. And so at the end of the night, someone has to break that down. Oh. And then the rest of us sort of hover around 
and waiting for the scraps. Before it gets so all what time do away. I show up for that? <laughs> right. It's, this is about 11 o'clock at night, which is the best time to eat <laughs> right? a pound of cheese. Well, you're usually up till four in the morning. So well, that's the difference. Well, I think, I think they recently, there was a study about how it really it has like a real life addiction. There is a, it's addictive like a drug, you know? Yes. And I'm like, Yes, I totally. totally you know, agree. I'm like, I don't totally know where the cheese it. anonymous meeting is, but yes. I'll, I should go. Yes, I should too. We could <laughs> yeah. start it right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so video, you know, video is certainly it's not a new thing, but Definitely people not. are slow getting on that bandwagon. I think a big part of that is, you know, we've we've seen technology change in a way that how people consume content day to day and what's available and what's easy. And, you know, as we've seen uh, mobile technology from like just, you know, the advances in smartphones to the advances in just cellular technology from being like now having like 4G and we're getting to the point where we're going to have 5G, people can watch videos in a way that they couldn't, you know, five years ago. And as a result, we just have seen a huge spike in mobile consumption. Like, I mean, my YouTube channel, which I just have to say, like I recently crossed say a million. I, I have 10 million total views is 20 million. (gasps) (laughs) I I just crossed a hundred thousand subscribers. I got a plaque from YouTube and everything. That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. It's the first like sort of real milestone in social media that you can get. Cause you actually get something physical, you know, everything on the internet is like, you know, can go away. It's digital. But like when you cross a hundred thousand on YouTube, they send you a silver plaque with your name on it that says, you know, Hey, like, way to go and so that wow. is amazing so I was very happy about that six years to get to that point um but you know it's I've seen mobile consumption on my channel just skyrocket in the past few years you know like when I first started it was pretty small it was like maybe 25 percent it's probably 75 percent wow. of the consumption now and I think as we jump into you know 5g with mobile phones and having you know more saturation with the internet like there's Facebook is doing things where they're trying to provide internet via satellite to people and balloons and all sorts of things. Um, that'll just keep growing, you know, because people connect. They connect through through video right. in a way that you don't connect through blogs, you know. And it, it just, I, I think, like, we haven't been able to get on that because it seems like it takes so much time. So much time. Like, I can barely put together an Instagram post <laughs> and be living at the same time. But a lot like, of yours are shorter videos. They I are. Mean, that's what I, I like about them. But they, I mean, like, but it does take time. I they mean, take, like, you have to play, you can't, like, like, you know, mine are probably, you know, they're getting a little bit longer now because I just recently changed the format. I, I'm a Facebook video partner, so we've been working together. Wow. And so I've, they were like, hey, you should try this. And I was like, I know, but I really don't want to. It's so hard. And then they kept, like, kind of, <laughs> poking me and I was like fine you know and they were right and um but but you know like before my videos were like three to five minutes now they're kind of getting five to ten minutes but you know that's a couple hours of filming to get down to that part you know and so it's definitely time is it really that much well if you're cooking something you have to I mean you might not capture all of it on video but you're like there and set up and you're lighting and you you have to go to the store and um, plan the whole thing out totally totally and you know so I always tell people because you know people ask you know oh, I wanted to have a YouTube channel. Like, what should I do? And I was like, you need to freaking love whatever it is that you're going to be recording. Exactly. You have to love it so much because when it sucks and it's going to suck like 80% of the time, right. like you have to love it that you don't care. Right. <laughs> yeah. And if you if you don't love it, you're not going to last. Find something else. Yeah, yeah, find something else. I know. I feel like if we were to commit, I don't think we could like stick with it 
And I think it has to be something that you stick to. Well, and, and I think, so the other part of the equation is, I mean, I think the easy part for you is that you are surrounded by content opportunities, right? right. Like your restaurant, everything that you have going on, there's content there. For me, it's a little different because I'm a one-man show, y- yeah, right? You're so, creating content. Yeah, exactly. But I think, you know, the, the other part of the equation is the cadence, like finding something that you're going to do and just do that regularly, whether that's one video a month or one video a week, but just keep doing that. You have to do that for a while. So people right. kind of get used to it. Yeah. And then, you know, you also kind of get used to it a little bit and right. maybe you can do a little bit more, you know, so it's, yeah. but it is tough. It's hard. Yeah. What, you know what? You what, make it look easy. Yeah. When I say that, yeah. I, don't, I, I, mean, I, know. I, I, I was sort of blown away when you said how much time that took. And yeah. I, I guess I didn't now, really think about it. What's your number one viewed video? Do you know? It's yeah, it's something, <laughs> you know, it's funny. <laughs> funny how the internet works sometimes um you could you know this yourself you can pour your heart and soul into something and no one like freaking cares or pays attention (laughs) and then you could have something that you're like i don't care about this at all but i'm just gonna do it and like everyone loses their shit and like you're like why (laughs) that was nothing so my that's my number one video pretty much in a nutshell um you know like you ever did this in uh grade school where you made ice cream in a bag like you put like take a ziploc bag you put the ice cream ingredients in it then you surround it by ice and salt in another bag and you just like shake it oh no i've never done that science my daughter's science teacher did that yeah Yeah. so i was like filming a bunch of videos one day i was down in san diego it was hotter than hell and i was like let's make some ice cream and so i just like did that 14 million views to date so oh my goodness (laughs) what flavor just regular vanilla ice cream (laughs) it's like so basic in so many levels and you know it's like and i just was like okay let's just kind of do this it'll be fun I never thought that would be a thing and it's just completely blown up, you know? And, and, um, and a lot of the comments are like, Oh my God, I did this in grade school or, Oh my God, my daughter just did this, you know, there's the nostalgia aspect and, Mm -hmm. you know, so, um, yes, that's the most, the most popular one and it just keeps going and it still just blows my mind. I'm like, and people comment, they're like, how did this video get 14 million views? I'm like, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) How did it get 14 million views? You can empathize. (laughs) So do you have sponsors? I do work with sponsors. Um, I'm always looking for people. I'm always looking for brands to work with. So, mm-hmm. you know, anyone that wants to, um, you know, being a little bit more mission driven, I do take that into consideration. Um, I look for people that are being innovative and really community driven and want to create something that's, you know, adding to the conversation. Um, but, you know, so I get, you know, YouTube runs ads on my videos, just kind of their own thing. And then I also will work with sponsors mm-hmm. too and do branded yeah, content. That's cool. And I like that a part, a lot, that part a lot. I mean, I like the, um, cause I like to take a product that someone has and use it in a way that they don't exactly. intend, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really the interesting part of food because you know, that's where you see like, Oh, Hey, it's not just this box that we're in. It's right. So much more. Do you see sales of products? So, I mean the algorithms, you know, I can never tell right. you know, what's <laughs> happening where, but you can buy things now on Pinterest, on Facebook. I don't know. I've never seen anything for sale on Twitter, actually. Uh, you can do you stuff can, on Twitter and also Instagram now, too. And Instagram yeah. you can buy. Um, though you have to, I think, have 10,000 followers. What did we learn? Okay. To have 10,000 followers to have a reservation mm. on to be able to like hook into open tables. So that's oh, kind really? of our goal this year. On Instagram. Is to try and get to 10,000 to see what other opportunities there are, Mm -hmm. but. And that's on Instagram? I believe that's on Instagram, don't quote me. I won't quote you, but let me know how I can help. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But like, do you see 
people inundated in so much content and so much in their face that they're going to start pushing social media away because they're just being advertised to all the time. I think, um, I mean, probably a small percentage will, you know, I mean, we're, I think we're starting to hit, hit a little bit of that peak social media, but I think part of that too is how people have been engaged with in the past. You know, we've, I think up till like a year ago, we kind of were still just really pushing content and it was still really salesy. And I think we're starting to see like the editorial side kind of come through where we're really focusing on people's stories. And even here, like the content that I'm capturing, I'm really trying to capture stories more about like why people are doing what they're doing, not just what they're doing. And I think that is the kind of stuff that resonates with people. And um, I think it's going to fan out. I don't know if people are going to walk away. I think it's really going to be about finding smaller communities that you're into. It's not necessarily just the larger brands, but these people have like really charming stories of why they do what they do. And people want to contribute to that. They want to, I mean, you see that model in Kickstarter and Mm -hmm. GoFundMe, you know, people who want to be a part of something that has value to their life, but also is just aligns with their ethics, morals or whatever. Um, And I think that's really like the next stage of it. You know, I don't know if I feel like that's where we need to go. Mm-hmm. I'm always intrigued by that. I, I like when people sort of plant seeds where it's not up in my face, where they just sprinkle a little bit of information. And if I'm attracted to it, then I do the research myself. I don't need the whole story in front of me. I just need a little teaser and then I can decide, oh, that's something that I think is really cool or I'm, I'm not even going to be interested in that. So why bother going on? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cur- definitely. Curiosity killed the cat. Well, it's like that with <laughs> the wine too. You know, with the, like a... Uh, like a <laughs> Post show ding. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. We need a gong in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, no, but yeah, I agree. Like, and so, like, here at the show, would you recommend to like a newbie, um, people just coming out with their market, that video would be a good um, place for them to start? Or again, that whole passion you got to love that you're going to be videoing? Yes, I would say video, and I would. 100% say live streaming. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's really where you have a relationship with the people that are watching. And it can be hard when you're new because you don't have enough viewers and right. people aren't engaging but I enough. would have no clue how to get but, that together. But, you know, just it's about, like, you know, bringing in your friends and family, having them participate. Like, there's a reason that, you know, these brands got to the point that they are now. And there's... Um, all of the hurdles that they had to get to are things that people want to hear about. And I think that whether you're a consumer, you want to know, like hearing that struggle and hearing how they got there or whether you're, um, you know, a buyer, you want to know that stuff too. You want to like help them out. People like to help out the, the underdog. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I think, live streaming is a really great way because then you can communicate with the people that are tuning in Mm -hmm. and it takes a while to build, but you know, I mean, for example, I, I, I have a, a Twitter channel. Um, I have like the only like cooking channel on Twitter for like live streaming. Wow. And a big part of that. I know we was, never did it, did we? I think we did like we did one, one or two. Yeah. Um, but it was like, you know, a big part of that was really people just wanting to like hang out and talk about making food mm. and the challenges of that. And I, I learned a lot through live streaming because all of us here with a microphone understand what it takes to cook a meal. But as you start talking to people who want to cook, who maybe didn't grow up in a family with an Armenian mom that taught them or doesn't have a restaurant, you know, like 
those people have real struggles to get even get going and real things they have to get over in order to like make something every single night. And when you're live streaming, you figure out what those questions are. You know, people right. ask you things that you just take for granted, like why you don't add salt until the water is boiling when you're making pasta, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, and like someone tells them, you know, you tell them and they're just like, their mind's blown. And, <laughs> you know, and it's like those sorts of things, but you just kind of, you get to a point where you sort of assume people know a certain level right. of information. And I rather like, I want to get down to the lowest common denominator and keep pulling them back up, you know? And yeah. I think live streaming is a beautiful way to do that. That's a great, um, concept yeah i'm always looking for inspiration and creative it's something uh, creative so i love that idea and you're actually responding in real time real to time questions. So yeah that's amazing well and the other part that you get of it too which is i think you know like i said i always keep coming back to community is you'll get other viewers who will chime in for other people's questions right or share things that i didn't even know because you know it's hard to know everything right, right. <laughs> so um and you just kind of each stream can sort of be like this place where people are hanging out and like learning to cook teaching others to cook and i'm sharing my information and i think we all kind of walk away with something and you feel that level of community in a way that it's hard to get when you're just on the receiving end of content right you know yeah. um so i think that is it, it's it's been a hard thing for people to really for brands to really use and do but i swear like on everything that i know like if brands really could just embrace it i feel it could be a just a super powerful thing for them because i think that it's the easiest way to connect to an audience that's mm -hmm. not wherever you are you know right and well do you think it's because they can't they can't actually quantify sale like, like when you, you're involved, you know, you can't really quantify a sale, like say, oh, this person, I had this many hits and then we sold this much right. based right. on the contest. I mean, it's one of those things that's sort of a little more fluid. Right. Right. Yeah. It's definitely a brand awareness type of scenario where right. the ROI is a little you know, right. out in the ether. Um, and I think the other part of it too is, you know, like there's a reason that brands work with influencers because when brands do videos, they suck a lot right. of times, right? right? Like that you're like, oh, I'm being... I'm getting a I'm hardcore sold. pitch, yeah, you know, yeah, whereas they hire an influencer is like, Hey, I'm using this thing, but here's all the other stuff. And right. here's the life part of it, you know? So I think that there's challenges with the measurement part of it for sure. Yeah. And that's just on social media across the board. I think yeah. there's definitely True. challenges. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think also like maybe creating the content, but those brands that can do it, I think have a lot of, there's just so much opportunity there. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things when the corporations go, we're going to put out a viral video. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> right. What? Up. So I had just made a note to myself, um, micro influencers. And so that's becoming the forefront yeah. of people's marketing. How, do, how does this start? Well, I think, you know, you get, you get these like, you know, people who kind of rose up quickly and just like anything, you know, people are kind of shitty. <laughs> and so like you get, you know, like you get the, these influencers who like do things, you start finding out like, Oh, they Photoshopped half of their photos. They were never really in Paris or, you know, oh. you get like, you know, there's the, like you, that YouTube guy, Logan Lin recently who like, you know, he, the guy that was hanging in China or whatever that he did. And then he also was like, um, like just a few weeks ago, he was like, Oh, I'm going to go gay for a month. It's like, uh -huh. you can't do that. <laughs> you know, it's not how it works, you right. know? And so you, you get people who, um, I think rose up for one reason, but maybe, um, are not quite as in line with like what the, <laughs> their followers wanted. And people are just exploring other ones. They're finding these, you know, there's lots of, 
really great content out there by lots of really amazing people. And it's, they don't necessarily have to have a huge following to be epic, you know? Right. And I think right. people are starting to gravitate towards that. Yeah, They're really looking I for a lot about that quality in yes. social media. And that's yes. part of the sort of editorial like not part just too. The number game. It's not just a number yeah. game. And I think that people are growing or social media is sort of, I mean, it's still new, right? It's only been out for a little while and it's still kind of evolving and people are starting to getting to that point where, they want quality. They want like not. They want the stories behind it. They want authenticity. Right. They don't want to be sold to. Um, they want to have a relationship online with a brand or a personality, and they want it to be authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's hard. I mean, you know, it's no one's perfect, so we have to right. we have to find a way also for I think for people to screw up and then still be okay because people mess up in everyday yeah, life. With exactly. we're humans, you know. Well, it's um, how you fix it, right? Really. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But you can't go yeah. gay for a month. I, just <laughs> I think I tried in the 80s one time. <laughs> no, I think you went by. I don't think you went gay. <laughs> a lot of clubbing going. I mean, a lot of people tried in the 80s, let's be honest. <laughs> I didn't try, ever. <laughs> just FYI. Putting it out. Maybe you should. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um. Wow, we're like all over the yeah, place. Yeah, we're hitting here. everything. It's fabulous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the so who is the most other than myself? Who's the most famous person that you've interviewed? That I've interviewed <laughs> or videotaped. I mean, hmm. I know you had a hot one this week. Um, yeah. So yeah, I interviewed Lance Bass yesterday for those listening. In nice. uh, sync lovers, um, that was actually a really fun one. You know, was it, it? it's well, you know, anytime you're pulled into that sort of celebrity interview when there's like a brand involved, there's just like so many questions. <laughs> like what, what brand was he? So he's launched a uh, mixer for uh, making alcoholic drinks. Okay. And you know, it's always going to be like, what's okay, it called? Just add me? X. Just add X. Yeah. So it's kind of named after his business partner who was a bartender on the TV show Vanderpump rules. Oh, who? Who's his partner? Jax. <gasps> really? I watch Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. Okay. So do you know Jax? I do know <laughs> so, Jax. So you would not that's have a, guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> you would have guessed that. I know. That's my that's my other side of it. So her. she didn't know who Lance Bass was, but she knows who Jax is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's hilarious. That is so true. So Jack so they launched so basically Lance was telling me, I have actually not watched the TV show, but Lance was saying that Jax is a horrible bartender. And um, they wanted to create something where he could make delicious drinks for people without screwing it up. And so that was like the inspiration. I thought he was making pub cheese with his <laughs> fiance right now. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> but is it is it a pre-mix? It is a pre-mix. Okay. So they but ha- no alcohol in no it. No alcohol. And, you know, coming into those things, I'm always like, well, okay, is the product going to suck? Because they, they're pulling in, you know, this mm-hmm. name and it's like you don't know. Right. how they got to the, what's the story behind it right. um is it going to be and you know what's the quality of it um but he seemed like genuinely interested in the path and like they were really and like you know i tried they have like six flavors right now they're probably going to launch with four and there was like three that i thought were really well done and um, are they different than your typical cosmo or yeah, mojito right i think well they had so they had a lavender lemonade one oh, and okay. they had like a jalapeno cucumber and a ginger lime and a, a blackberry tea lances from uh, new orleans so there's mm. uh you know that kind of southern spin on stuff so i, I felt this stuff was you know fun and, and interesting mm-hmm. um and that was a fun interview um let's see other people that i've spoken with i probably i'd say i've done interviews with uh freddie prince jr um uh on the food side uh rick bayless um sarah malton 
Um, Leslie Sobraco. <laughs> Leslie Sobraco. Yes, I, yes, I was <laughs> one on. of my heroes. Thank uh-huh. you. Yes, I was on uh, Check Please, so yeah. I mm-hmm. got to do that. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, and it's it's kind of funny because like you never know how those interviews are going to go. Right. Um, I found that celebrity is not a factor for personality. Right. Sometimes, like whether they're like super famous or not super famous, they can still be great or horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's always. The one, the only consistent thing I found, it's always opposite of what you think it's going to be. <laughs> okay, so be prepared. for Yeah, anything. if you're like this person is like chill and super amazing, seems super great, probably not going to happen. Boring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and they seem like oh my god, they might be high maintenance and sort of a drama queen, mm-hmm. and then like you meet them and they're like the just most low key chill person ever. You're like okay, mm-hmm. so you just never know how it's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> So fun. Drew Barrymore was always my favorite. I, I worked I at the her. Four Seasons for a long time, and so I got to meet a lot of um, interesting, famous people. But um, and Drew would come. I, oh, in and I a just lot. saw that um, Chris Pratt is getting married to Arnold Schwarzenegger's yes, daughter. Yes, I saw that. And I remember her when she was just a little girl at the Four Seasons in Maui. And I remember his the nanny was taking care of the kids, and she wanted to play a joke on them. And they whatever they ordered, she said, "I want you to bring." a bowl of sand with gummy worms in it. And I'm thinking, <laughs> this is Arnold Schwarzenegger's kids. And this is when like, he's like the big guy. And I thought, there's no fucking way I'm going to do that. You go get approval from my general manager of the hotel if you want to do But this little kid has sort of blossomed into, um, um, into this uh, beautiful woman. And, um, and Drew Barrymore was just always the sweetest. Yeah, yeah. She's, she seems yeah. really great. I had politician wise, I've only, I've interviewed Gavin Newsom, mm-hmm. um, now governor, now governor. Yeah. And, uh, that was a fun one. He was, you know, um, he was not as politician-y as I thought he would be. So that was nice. Um, Did you talk about the wine business at all? That's actually what it was over. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. We talked about that a little bit. Um, he was just kind of launching it at that point. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, you can have horrible people or great people, no matter whether they're famous yeah. or not. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there's so much interesting stuff. I mean, we, um, this show, we have a variety of different types of people, um, whether they make things or talk about things or, um, and it's fascinating. All the stories are incredible. We exactly. love the story behind the story. And I think that's really, and that's really the evolution that social needs to kind of get to, right? We're kind of now getting to that point, how people can share more than just a photo, more right. than just, you know, like that contextual story of what makes them resonate, you know? And I think that coming up with new ways, not just the live streaming, but coming up with ways to share that content in real time is sort of where we need to go next, you know? Right. We need lessons. Yeah. So if people want to see some of these videos or they want to hit you up on Twitter or Instagram, where can you give us a little contact info? Yeah, definitely. So I am at Jerry James Stone um, on Twitter, uh, Instagram. Most everywhere is Jerry James Stone. If you search for that, you'll find me um, on YouTube. Same thing. Two S's. Two S's. Yeah, it's a little confusing, Um, but two S's. uh, (laughs) But yeah, you find me. uh, That's Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, uh, and then Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. Facebook gets a little confusing because I have my profile and my page, mm-hmm. and they're both the same name. I okay. haven't figured out how to do that differently yet because um, everything's so branded. Right. <laughs> so just it, this sounds counterintuitive, but look for the one that doesn't have the blue check mark next to it. My profile is the one that's verified, not my page. So uh-huh. oh, that's so funny. <laughs> the thing I love about your brand is your avatar. Oh my, the uh-huh. beard look. It's yeah. I, I, if you're home listening and visualize. Um, 
It's a man. It's a head with a beard. <laughs> yeah. And glasses. I give people my business card and they're like, oh, that's you. It's, like, it's, yes. fa- it's yeah. fabulous. <laughs> yeah. I know. I think when I saw it, it kind of reminded me of the Pet Boys. You know, the, the oh, auto mechanic the, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Manny, Moe, and Jack. Yeah. <laughs> they were from Philly. Sorry. I don't know if that's oh, really? an insult or not. No, not <laughs> no, at all. They not were at from all. Philadelphia. Just FYI. Okay. Yeah. No, I thought it was cute. yeah, it works. Mm-hmm. I have people who like I've never who've never met me or seen me in person and I'll be at a show like this and they'll recognize me from they're like, oh, the pointy beard. You know, it's uh-huh. like that's what they recognize, you know, so um, it works. Makes you approachable too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's personal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jerry James Stone on everything. Hit me up. Uh, I love to talk about food all the time. So Twitter, I love Twitter. Um, that's always <laughs> a great place to say, hey, if you want to talk recipes or or whatever. Or how to do videos or whatever, too. I'm always happy to help people who are getting started. Nice. How, how do you decide on what the, what recipes that you're going to do? Is there a rhyme or reason or it's kind of what you're in the mood for? You know, it, it, it's a little bit of everything. It's, you know, um, seasonal is obviously a big mm-hmm. driving force. I always am looking for what's in season. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it comes down to... Like I, I used, I have a software degree. I, that was like a previous life. You've <laughs> and, had like four of those. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, um, I use data a lot. So I'll look at like YouTube and I'll look at what people are searching for and oh. I'll look at like what people come to my channel for and then use that with like seasonal stuff. And then, you know, and I do a little bit of that and sometimes just like, Hey, I want Mac and cheese, you know, like, right. so it's, it, it's kind of all over the place. I try not to orchestrate it too much but I also try to be at least a little bit mindful of what I'm doing Mm -hmm. whatever that balance is right you know no it sounds like there's you know reasoning behind some of the decisions I get my edible and just whatever (laughs) comes to me (laughs) oh I love it I love it well yes Sandra yes Brian you're gonna wrap it up well Jerry, it's always great to see you. Um, I'm excited to keep watching your videos. I am excited to eventually continue our stuff. It's kind of hard, us getting it together. Yeah. But um, love what you're doing. I love the reasoning behind it and how you explain it. And it's just been really fun. Thank you. Really fun. I, I, um, you know, that I also feel the same about you. No, oh, you're my uh, guy. <laughs> I absolutely love instant every- connection. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I love your approach to food and thank you so much for having me on this and, you know, letting me yammer on about Lance Bass and marijuana and everything. In yeah. <laughs> it's been awesome. And, Oh, I need one more quote to finish it off. Um, <laughs> Brian shaking his head. Did like, I no. say, if you build it, they will come? Yes. You did. You did say oh, that. Oh, I did say that one. Did I say, okay, uh, we'll see what I say next week at the food show. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best nail biter cliffhanger I think they've ever had. Please exactly. uh, come listen to The Bite Goes On next week. We are going to continue to have a few more guests uh, from the winter food show here in San Francisco at the Moscone Center. And uh, if you are really good, Sandra will throw out a couple more quotes. So we'll look forward to talking to you next week. This has been The Bike Goes On. Mm -hmm.